Thank you for checking out the Real Life Columbus podcast. Real Life Columbus is a student ministry of North Highland Church in Columbus, Georgia. We exist to help students know that Christ has reached down to us with love, provide a place students can be engaged in community, and help them advance in their faith so they can lead others to Christ. For more information or to connect with us, please visit our website, www.realifecolumbus.com, or check us out on social media at Real Life Columbus. He wants to meet 
your every need. So right now in this room, if you've got a need and you need Jesus to reach down with his love, with his compassion, with his grace and meet your need, you're desperate for something to change. I don't know what your story may be. It may be something big. It may be something small. But nothing is small in the eyes of your heavenly father because he loves you that much. So you have a need right now in this room. I want you to lift your hand and hold it high and say, God, I need you. I need you in this place right now. I need your presence to penetrate whatever's going on in my life. Whatever anxiety, Lord, I cast it on you right now. I don't know about you, but I don't want to preach without the anointing of heaven. I don't want to live another moment of my life without the Holy Spirit touching my life. I want you to touch my kids, Jesus. I want you to touch my home. I want, to, I want you to make everything in my life aligned with your spirit tonight. And tonight, right now, we're going to make a declaration together. And if you love Jesus and you're a believer, you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I want you to say this loudly with me. Greater, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say it again. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Satan, we rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. You've got no command. You've got no right. You've taunted us long enough. And tonight we are drawing a line saying no more. We are not accepting the way things have been. We are wanting more of you, God. We're wanting more of your presence. We're wanting more of your supernatural touch on our lives. So God, right now, we've made a declaration and we will no longer fear the things that the enemy has for our lives. We're going to walk by faith. Bless these students. Give us ears that can hear your word tonight. And God, let our hearts sense your deep love and affection for us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everybody shouted, amen. 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 God bless you. Give somebody a hug and a high five on your way back to your seats.
He, he doesn't do things the way we want him to do things all the time. Um, he is God, and we are not. The Bible says that his ways are higher, and his thoughts are, are so much wider. It's, it's just, he's so much different than the way we are. And so a lot of times, um, whenever I feel really good about a, a service or a, a time of worship, I, I'm just excited about it, and, and God does awesome things. But a lot of times, whenever I get nervous about a service, I know God's going to do something even greater. Because it's out of my control. And that's the way good things happen is when we place things out of our control and into God's anointing. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I step out of my ability to preach. I step out of my talent to communicate. And I step into the anointing of heaven. And I proclaim that this night is yours, Lord. I proclaim that whatever dominion of darkness that is trying to to keep us captive from our destiny. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it, and I thank you, Jesus, that we have authority in your name. And God, I thank you. We are anticipating what's about to happen in this room tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I've served the Lord for a long time, and uh, my dad was a pastor, and I, I grew up in church, and so I fell asleep on my mom's lap li listening to him preach. And over the years, I've, I've heard some crazy stories. I've seen some crazy things with my own eyes. But one thing that I have come to grow in my relationship with Jesus is I have come to stop being afraid. I've come to stop being afraid of things because I know who I serve. And my word says that if God goes before me, who can be against me? Nothing can stop me if I've got God on my side. If I am in line with God, then nothing can stop me. So I'm not afraid. I've stepped up to, to ridiculous situations and faced huge obstacles. And I could care less because I knew God was with me. And I'm praying that some of that faith would get into your spirit tonight. I pray that some of what God has done in my life would rub off on you tonight. That you would stop being afraid of the things that are holding you back from your God-given purpose and destiny. And you would begin to start being bold and courageous. The scripture says over and over in the Old Testament, be strong, be bold, be courageous. Not to be afraid or timid. The, the scripture for tonight, and I want to challenge each and every one of us, this is your memory verse for the week. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Let's all say this together. In one accord, God has not given us a spirit of fear, nor does he make us timid, but he gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Scripture's very clear. We're not to be mamby-pamby little baby Christians that are afraid of every demon and devil that may come our way. We are not to be scared. We're not to be fearful. He's not given us. Here's what happens. If, if God, let's just rationally think about this for a second. If God has not given us a spirit of fear, then who gives us that spirit? The enemy, the devil, Diablo, right? Satan, Lucifer, whatever name you want to give him. If God does not give us a spirit of fear, then the enemy of your soul is placing that fear in your life. So if you are afraid of, of what's taking place in your life, if you're afraid of the choices you're making, if you're afraid of your near future, 
then you better believe God has not given you that spirit of fear, but it's the enemy of your soul trying to prevent you from breaking through into your future. God does not give us a spirit of fear. The emotion of fear does weird things to us. Tonight, the, the series continues, Beat the Heat, and the topic that we are wanting to beat tonight is fear. The emotion of fear does weird things for some people. They freeze up, right? You know, they get in a, a tense situation and they just freeze. They get so stressed out that they can't function. They can't do anything. They can't talk right. Y'all know these people, right? You're, you're in this movie and it's that, that moment where something pops out in the middle of nowhere and it just freaks you out and you jump out of your seat and then you can't move for a couple seconds. Fear does weird things to us, right? Some people get panicky and somewhat hysterical, like some, some ladies just scream at the top of their lungs in this ungodly, right? It's just ridiculous. Your palms get all sweaty, right? I, I'm, I'm, get, I'm just guessing, Nick, I don't know if you're in the room, you may be celebrating your engagement, but I'm guessing that before he walked up on this stage, Nick's palms were really sweaty, and he was, he was nervous, his knees were shaking, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what is, I'm about to do this, right? And he, he gets all weird, I'm guessing. For some of us, our facial color changes, like you get ghost white, like, oh my gosh. For some of us, we get, well, this is my favorite, whenever I get really, um, if I'm seriously nervous for my life, I feel like um, the whole fight or flight thing kicks in. And I turn into literally Jason Bourne. Because I'm like, okay, I know that you, you, and you have the capability of running at five miles per hour for 15 straight minutes, and we're good. So I can outrun you. And then, you know how Jason Bourne did that in the, in the restaurant? Yeah. That's, some people do that when they get afraid, right? That's just a silly, silly thing. But here's what I believe. Sometimes... We produce fear in our lives, and sometimes fear gets created by oppressive situations that we face. Here's what I believe. Oppressive situations that create fear in our lives are opportunities for us as believers to overcome. The, the oppressive situations that are in your life that create fear in your life, those are opportunities for you as a believer in Jesus Christ to overcome. Guys, we put our faith and our trust and our security and our future in untrustworthy things all the time. Yeah. We place our faith in things that really have no ability to take us into our future. Let's just be honest for a second. Um, although, yes, it's very important to us in our, our social status, your, your amount of followers on social media is not going to get you a job. Amen. Okay? Yeah. We put our faith and trust in things. Your relationship with the loser boyfriend that you got is not going to get you to your destiny. If he is your everything and Jesus is not, then you're missing it somewhere. We put our faith and our trust in things that are unworthy and untrustworthy all the time. Here's the deal. As Christians, we're not called to be comfortable at all times. We're called to step out in faith and watch God go to work on our behalf. We've got to stop putting our trust in untrustworthy things this summer because we're called to beat the heat of fear. Moses is a perfect example. 
Moses, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go quickly through three different Old Testament stories. Moses faced the fear of Pharaoh and the oppression of God's people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I thought, you know, beat the heat. We got a fiery furnace, right? It's the perfect for this series. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament faced the fiery furnace because of the oppression of a king who ordered them to bow down to false gods. Daniel faced the oppression of his peers trying to destroy his life by being thrown into a lion's den because of his success. In all three of these situations, God gave those individuals who were involved the strength to overcome. When they put their faith into action and did something about their fear, God intervened with supernatural. God will take care. Listen to this closely, young person. God will take care of what you can't. But he will, he can't, he won't handle what you want. God can take care of your sin. He already paid for it on Calvary's cross. He can take care of your past by erasing it with the blood of Jesus. But your fear that you're facing today, if you're not willing to step up and be a man or woman of faith and actually do something about your situation, then God won't intervene. He can handle what we can't, but he will not handle what you want. Tonight, I believe God is calling us to face our fears head on. Face them head on. The enemy of your soul, the enemy of our soul has kept us from walking in our full potential by manipulating us with fear for way too long. Way too long has the enemy manipulated us, kept us from doing everything that God has called us to do. Man, I just... Everything in me, I know I need to step out. I know I need to do this, but I'm afraid. I'm scared. What will happen if I do that? I believe he's calling you and I to stop walking in insecurity and inferiority and begin walking by faith like the leaders we see in Scripture. We are to be walking with confidence, not with pride, but with confidence and trust in this awesome God that we serve. Tonight, we beat the heat of fear that tries to control our lives and hold us back. In Daniel chapter 3, we see the heat of the fiery furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar, this is the context to the scripture. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, had ordered everyone to bow down to this golden statue that he had made. And he said, everyone, when the music, when this, the flutes, the lyres, the the uh, harps, all of the instruments begin to play. At that moment, everyone in the kingdom is to bow down to this golden image of himself that he had created. And, and the scripture says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down and worship. In Daniel 3, verse 6, the scripture says, whoever, this was the king's command, whoever does not fall down, and worship will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Persecution, circumstance that created this, this overwhelming sense of fear. If I don't do this, if I don't conform, then I'm going to die. Talk about a moment where, where your faith gets put into an extreme test. And I, I love how the scripture Communicates because it says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down and worship. And they said in Daniel 3, verse 16 through 18, they said, King Nebuchadnezzar. It's so cute now that y'all got to read the scripture like this. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. They're all official, right? They're like, come on, King. We don't even got to defend ourselves. 
If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. That we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Your, your majesty. Yeah, that is something to clap about. Praise the Lord. They stepped up and said, you know what? You're trying to taunt us. You're trying to create fear. You're trying to stop us from doing what we were created to do and worship the only true God. And we're not going to stand for it. So you can try all you want. But our God is able to supply our every need according to his riches and glory. Our God is with us. He's a friend that will never leave us or forsake us. He is a friend that sticks closer to us than a brother. He will be with us in the fire, in the flame. And if you choose to throw us in, it doesn't matter. Even if he doesn't help us, we're not going to serve this false God that you put up. What would happen? What would happen if a room full of teenagers would stand up on the inside and do the exact same thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did and stand up to the false gods that are being put up all around us in our culture that everyone I mean just think about it there is power and anointing and music think about all the things that when the music begins to play our culture begins to worship that are ungodly and untrustworthy in placing our hope for our future in what if a generation would stand up and say, you know what? Thank you for the invitation, but no thank you. What would happen? Tonight, we can see from this story that sometimes fear can be placed on us by those in authority over us. When this happens, we must place our faith in God, knowing that God is over all in authority. Scripture says that he places every king and prince and power and authority and with confidence we need to refuse to buckle under the heat of fear when it comes from ungodly authority that's a good amen tonight how does that apply to me you've got authority in your life some of us in the room the doctors have given you a report that's a medical authority and the doctors have given you a report that you have a disability that you will struggle with for the rest of your life. I've come to tell you tonight, if that is you, I serve the God who is the healer of all. He is able, by the blood of Jesus, by his stripes, we are made whole. Our God is capable to heal your body and do the supernatural. The story goes on, and the obedience and the trust that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had, they got thrown into the fire. But all of a sudden, there was a fourth person with them. And you may be going through a medical situation where your doctors are saying you're going to be dyslexic for the rest of your life. You're going to live with, with uh, diabetes for the rest of your life. You're going to have to have insulin for the rest of your life. You're going to fight cancer for the rest of your life. My God is a God who is above that authority. And he's capable of healing you. And if you would stop living in fear of the report your doctor has given you, given you and start stepping out in faith, our God will respond and heal. Maybe your parents tell you that they refuse to support your dreams. It's a tough one. It's very sensitive because Jubilee and I are, are champions for our parents. We, we support parents. Because they love you the most. They are fully responsible for your spiritual upbringing. 
We are their support system, and they are over you in authority, but some of us, unfortunately, in this room have parents who don't love Jesus. And unfortunately, some of us in this room have parents who could care less that we're at church tonight. Some of our parents don't care about our dreams and the things that we believe God has placed in our hearts to fulfill. And I want you to know that, that God has a plan for you. Every time your mom or your dad has said, man, you're worthless, you're not going to amount to anything. You might as well get a job at McDonald's and stay there the rest of your life. If, they, if they're speaking those curses over your life, I'm here tonight to tell you that I serve a God who has a plan for you. Your life plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future, not to harm you, but to cause you to prosper and have favor. So if you've got that haunting sensation where your parents have declared negative negativity over your life, I'm here to tell you that God wants to break that fear from you tonight. Because you're created for greatness. Amen. Teachers. Teachers have communicated you're not college material. That you're not capable of making good grades. You're a C, C minus student. Actually, we're, we're lucky to give you that. Some of us have had the the god-awful experience of teachers talk. You're, you're lucky you play athletics or sports because if, if it weren't for sports, you would be flunked out and on the streets. Some of us have heard that from our teachers. I've watched, listen to me tonight, young person. If that's you, you think you're academically challenged. I have watched, especially my Teen Challenge girls. I worked with the Teen Challenge Voice Center, and most of those guys were hooked on hardcore drugs for years. That may not be y'all's story, but I watched a young man named Jonathan Cronin. He was addicted for years. He was so strung out on drugs that he literally, he, he was that, uh, hey, uh, uh, what's up? Hey, this is good, man. That was literally him. That's how he talked. What? What? What did you just say? <laughs> and I watched. I watched as this young man gave his heart to Jesus and renounced his past in drug addiction and started to walk in faithfulness by the blood of Jesus. And I watched as, as his mind began to get renewed daily through the washing of the word. And, and he began to get renewed. And all of a sudden, Jubilee was his professor in college. And the next thing we knew is a couple of years after his rehabilitation, he was the best student in her class. And she is not an easy professor. So if that is you, you can have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. God can renew you. But here's the key, obedience to God and faithful trust in God. In the middle of the emotion of fear, that's what will unlock the supernatural in your life. Obedience and faithful trust will unlock the supernatural for you. Jesus was with the three in the fiery furnace, a physical manifestation of his power. And they were protected and unharmed even when the ungodly authority above them wanted to destroy them. Some of us need to be reminded tonight who's in control. That's Jesus, not culture. It's not the unbelieving and ungodly authority that wants us to fail. It's the king of kings who can change anything at his word. And we serve a God that responds to faith that is walked out in action. 
That's who we serve, guys. We don't have to live in fear. This past week, we took a trip to Disney World. It was awesome. It was magical. <laughs> we went to Florida, took the kids. It was an amazing time with the family. And Here's the deal. I tried over and over to convince my son, my oldest son, Damien. He's seven years old. I tried so hard to convince him to ride Space Mountain with me. I tried so hard. It was going to be so incredible. And I, I, got, I got close to Space Mountain, and he's like, Daddy, I'm not riding that. And I'm like, son, come on. We, I, let me get a fast pass for it right now. We'll get to the front of the line. I promise you it's going to be awesome. And he's like, no way. I'm not doing it. He would not do it. He saw the line, and uh, he could hear the, the like, screams. Like, you know, ah, like the cheers and the screams. But, ooh, yeah. It's funny. So, ah, right. And so he, he heard all that. And we even rode, there's this ride, it's called the People Mover. And the People Mover goes throughout, and it actually goes into Space Mountain so he could see the darkness, and, and he could hear the rumble of the track, and he's like, Daddy, there's no way I'm going there. No way. No way. And he said, Daddy, that's not for me. I, I want to go ride Peter Pan. <laughs> I want to go fly. I can fly, I can fly, I can fly, right? Peter Pan, right? It's slow motion. I started thinking about that. I'm thinking to myself, I, I want something phenomenal to happen for my son. I want to have this incredible experience with my son. I want it to be this amazing adventure. And, and, but here's the thing. He wanted to substitute the most incredible, thrilling ride at the Magic Kingdom for Peter Pan. The most thrilling, high-speed, exhilarating ride for a rickety old Peter Pan. And so many times I got to thinking about this. We could have something phenomenal, but we settle for something insignificant because we're unwilling to face our fear. We could have a life of unbelievable experiences where when we pray, God answers our prayers. When we walk, the, I mean, Peter was a perfect example. When he walked, his shadow would heal people because he was such a man of faith. We could have that. But, but here's the thing. We settle for insignificance because we're too afraid to step out of faith. Here's what I did. I, you know, I couldn't get him on Space Mountain, but I did convince him to go to the Haunted Mansion ride. This is fun. A haunted man. It was so creepy because on one part they use mirrors to make it look like there's a ghost in your little car. And, and in that section, they literally said on the screen as the ghost was in our car, we'll see you soon in Georgia. And we're like, how in the world did they even know this? This is crazy. I'm taking this little magic band off, Walt Disney. You can't follow me anymore. It was ridiculous. And so I got, I got them on this ride, and they're still talking about it. At the end, like I said, they said, we'll see you. And Sophia, she does not want to sleep alone in her bed for the past few nights because she keeps asking us, are ghosts real? I'm like, no, baby, it was a, it was a mirror. It's, it was an illusion. But here's the thing. Here's what I, this, this is the reason I subjected my kids to this. Even though taking the initial step of faith is scary, 
Once you are exposed to walking by faith, you will be glad that you were. You'll be glad that you experienced it. Damien and Sophia have a father that will love them and protect them from anything that would bring harm their way. And you and I have a heavenly father that will give us that same assurance. He will allow us to be exposed to things in order for us to be overcomers. And when we get exposed to fearful situations, it's an opportunity for us to step out and overcome. And he does that protecting us the entire time. And if we would just get the confidence that our Heavenly Father has us and there's nothing that can harm us, not death, nor life, nor angels, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come can separate me from the love of my Heavenly Father. When we begin to walk in that type of faith, then whenever fearful things happen, it's actually an opportunity to experience life to the fullest. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, nor does he make us timid. I'm going to invite the band to come. If we can realize that the fear in our life is holding us back from the fullness of life that God wants for us and refuse to bow down to it any longer, I promise you our lives will never be the same. If we will stop shrinking back, what? wait a second, Pastor Rachel is encouraging us to go after God in worship. What, what is going to happen when my friend who knows my past sees me lift my hand? What if, what if they think I'm a hypocrite? I don't want to be that person. That's fear that needs to be overcome. See, I know what it's like to be afraid. Here's some examples in my personal walk, in my personal life that I've had to overcome. I know what it's like to be socially awkward and shy around people. I'm still a little awkward. Let's just be real. I'm corny sometimes, okay? But I love you. And I'll take someone who loves me over someone who's cool in a day. I was shy around people, and I was, and in some ways, I still am an introvert. And I would watch people as they were outgoing, and as they would put themselves out there to be loved and liked, and I would be so jealous. Because as they put themselves out, and they were extroverted, and they were popular, and they, they were well accepted, and well liked, and loved, I would become jealous because everything in me wanted that. I was too afraid to step out and get it. I was unwilling to speak in front of people. I was unwilling to face the fear of rejection for a long season in my life. As a Christian, as a believer, I was, I was more concerned with being rejected than stepping out in faith. But then, I realized God doesn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And now I'm free of fear, free to speak, free to preach, free to proclaim the word of God, because I've realized deep within my spirit that I should value the voice and opinion of God Almighty above the opinions and voices of anyone else in this world. I've come to that realization that if I'm more concerned about God's opinion of who I am and what I'm becoming, then who I am and what I'm becoming is going to be incredible 
and can't nobody in the face of this planet stop me if God is for me. God's voice became louder in my life because of that, and so did my voice. Because God's voice became louder in my life, I actually got a voice to speak. And now I'm, ex I'm experiencing the anointing of God because I face my fear and I've grown to come louder to the world around me and he's using me to be a mouthpiece to a generation that will change this world for his kingdom. I believe in you. I believe that God has placed me on this planet so that I can tell you don't back down to your fears. Don't allow it to, to submerge what's deep within you any longer because God wants it to be unleashed to this world. Forget about what people care about. Care only about what he cares about. There's no way you can convince me to trade this life for a life of isolation and loneliness. Shut up into myself. Stepping out in faith is worth it. It all started when I found the courage to overcome my fear and walk up to one of the most popular people in my school who I saw the potential of being my best friend. And I walked up to him with confidence and I said, we need to hang out. That was not a part of my personality. From that point on, I broke through the fear and began to meet person after person, and my network of friends exploded, and I never went back. Some of us in this room, it's time for us to get to know who you are. It's time for us to get to experience who God has made you to be. Stop shutting yourself and isolating yourself. It's time to open up and be who you have been created to be because God loves you. And if God loves you, we love you too, and we want to know who you are. It's time to open up. I remember when I first met Jubilee. I really saw something special in her from the very first moment I laid eyes on her. I know what it's like to have someone that is supposed to be a best friend. My best friend, his name's Jimmy. He's a punk. I know what it's like have somebody who's supposed to be your best friend overpower me with his personality and with his confidence. And instead of Jubilee saying yes to me, she chose the jerk of a friend that I had. I know what that rejection feels like. And again, I felt less than inadequate to accomplish the purpose and plan that God had put right in front of me. It's funny that she laughs. I heard you guys. I love you. But, but here's what I learned. Two years later, after being rejected and outplayed by my best friend, I stepped up with confidence and asked the queen to go to lunch when she wanted to And you better believe that that young lady said, absolutely, where we are. And 13 years of marriage and three beautiful children later, facing the fear was worth it. Facing the fear was worth it. Of Pharaoh, 
that Pharaoh was using to, to build Pharaoh's empire were his own people in Exodus 2, verse 11 and 12. Scripture says that Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and Moses took things into his own hands. And looking around to see if anyone was looking, he killed the Egyptian. Here's the thing. Many times we produce unhealthy fear in our lives by thinking our actions are going unnoticed. Especially our failures. And I believe that in this room tonight we've got a, a multitude of people who are so afraid and they live their life in fear because they produce some things they're not proud of. So right now in this moment, I'm going to ask everyone in this place to bow your hearts, close your eyes. With God, nothing is impossible. But without Jesus, there is something to be afraid of. Because without the love, without the grace, without the forgiving mercy of the cross,
Don't let your fear hold you back from the most important decision you'll ever make in placing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Raise your hand and hold is open and saying these words. Dear Jesus, I thank you tonight that I don't have to be afraid of my sin any longer. God, I repent. I'm sorry. I ask for your forgiveness. Wash me with your blood tonight. Thank you for dying on Calvary's cross. A penalty that I deserve. But you set me free. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your acceptance. Thank you for caring about me. Thank you for being my heavenly father. And I thank you, Jesus, for the future I now have in you. I will serve you from this point forward.